Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Welcome to another FitPro podcast. And in today's discussion, we're going to be talking about how best to serve our clients with diabetes and support them through all of their exercise, activity and performance endeavors. So to help us uncover what to look out for, what to know and what to ask our clients, as well as strategies to support them, we have Heidi Quine, um, with us today to talk through what it's like to be a diabetic. So, Heidi, um, you know, you are a coach, trainer, athlete who um, has really had to learn how to thrive whilst managing type 1 diabetes. So, you know, thank you for being with us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, hello. Hello, Aaron and everybody else. So, yeah, my name's Heidi and I have had type 1 diabetes since I was 12 years old, so quite a lengthy bit of my life, more, well, we're coming up to nearly 20 years of my life to be precise, um, so yeah, but um, no, I'm a, so I do run coaching, I am a one-to-one run coach, and a run coach for a club called OneTrack, which does virtual training online and also in person now back in the track in London which is very exciting (laughs) and I am also an indoor cycling instructor so I cycle instruct at a lovely independent studio in Tooting back in London which is um, a great bit of my life but I have also been a runner for oh we're talking around seven odd years now but I've done everything from 10k to marathons to triathlons to yeah training for um half Ironmans also and competing in 100 mile bike races so yes wow. I've definitely got my fair share of experience <laughs> so you're pushing things on the endurance end right Yes, you could say so. That is where I have definitely loved to look at my challenging of my my personal fitness and seeing where I can get to. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly why we wanted to talk to you today, because I thought it was a really I thought it's really exceptional and cool thing. And maybe it's not exceptional, but the fact that you are type one diabetic, right? And 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 that you are still able to thrive and perform at this kind of uh, ultra endurance level I think that's absolutely amazing and perhaps that you know years ago that wouldn't have ever been thought of possible you'd have been told no 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 you shouldn't do that right so that's that's what I was like wow right we need to talk to this person and see how this is this happens how do you do this (laughs) <laughs> and you know what that's absolutely correct when I first told my doctors I was training for a marathon so I did my first marathon in 2016 and even back then things have changed so much and um, even my medication and devices I now have have um, grown so so much and um, it was more of a concern of me pushing myself through that type of endurance back even wow we're talking nearly six years ago um but yeah. yeah so you're still with us 
you're yes, still with us and you're still, still and doing it and loving it so we <laughs> we know that actually you know what it's something that you can do which is fantastic so okay you you said when you you discovered you had diabetes um when you were 12 years old so um young age what were the what were the kind of particular signs and symptoms that you discovered you have had why why did why did it come about that you went for tests or what have you and how did you find out so I had um I was always a really really active child I was part of the hockey team in school always doing athletics running absolutely everything and all of a sudden my um my body just decided to not have that much energy anymore I really found a lot of fatigue I think the big sign for me was the first so I had a load I was thirsty every minute of the day I'd have a drink once another one have another drink once another one I've never experienced first quite like it it was um it was actually painful to the degree on how thirsty I was always feeling and I didn't actually notice I'd lost a load of weight but I was going to the toilet all the time because obviously drinking lots of water you need the loo a lot and what happens when you have type 1 diabetes or diagnosis you create a poison in your body called ketosis and those ketones and they start to eat away at your muscle your fat and everything to try and get the insulin that they don't have coming from your pancreas anymore because when you're type one diabetic, you have no insulin whatsoever that is produced in your pancreas. It's zero. And hence why you need to inject. So um, I lost a load of weight. And I think at the age of 12, I was down to four and a half stone, literally skin and bones. And um, yeah, I had my PE teacher actually approach me and say, she would, obviously there was a few rumors going around school. Oh, is Heidi um you know is she anorexic or bulimic or you know lots of different rumors and um she approached me about it because she always seen as a very active child Mm. and um I then went home and spoke to my dad one day and went dad I think I need to eat more meat or I need to eat more something because my PE teacher's been telling me um that you know this you know I I'm looking really thin and I didn't actually I was very stubborn as a child I always wanted to get on and you know crack on with things I thought oh it's fine I'll get better I'll keep getting better it's just going through a phase and um and then um from that my dad took me to the GP my blood sugars were so unreadable I then got rushed to hospital put on drips told I had diabetes I thought diabetes just meant oh I can never have sugar again I can never have sweet things again oh my god what's going on I had no idea at the age of 12 what diabetes was so um so yeah um it was quite an adventure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what, when you were told as well, you say there was that initial thought and that initial preconception. And what was that, you know, were there any preconceptions physically that you kind of started with um, or anything mentally you had to get over or what, you know, when, for me, I guess, when does, when has the exercise really started? You say, you know, you've been running for seven years. So actually quite a long time into you after you discovering um you were diabetic yeah so I I've always been incredibly active so I've done things like dancing um hockey I was um I was hockey captain at school so I've always been active throughout my life and then moving to London um in my younger 20s I then had a bit of a break from um being a bit more athletic and everything else and then I and I discovered running actually from raising money for cystic fibrosis which my niece suffers from and 
um, it was then that I just kept pushing myself and pushing myself, finding a love for a sport. And yeah, then cycling and everything else just came into it. It was more the community that got me really into the sports that I do now today. Um, that I discovered in London but yeah so um, I've always always been active in one shape or form yeah so you know now taking on these endurance events and taking on these crazy endurance challenges and working yourself hard and you know really having to push yourself training as well as in the events and what you compete at what has that journey been like you know as a diabetic what have you had to go through rather than someone that hasn't had to deal with the, the diabetes side what's that been like for you so having type 1 diabetes you're having to think about the condition pretty much every every minute of the day so from that you have to always balance out what we like to call a, a triangle of diabetes so from that it's your food your exercise your insulin as your food increases your blood sugars and your insulin that you inject and your exercise decreases so it's having to always equal out that in certain measures so I've had to very much learn about my own body not every type 1 diabetic is the same insulin's a hormone so with insulin being a hormone it means that if you're stressed if you're tired if you're a certain weight everything else can affect your blood sugars differently so you have to really learn about how you are as an athlete how your body reacts to exercise certain exercise and everything else so I've had to do a lot of um, learning. Um, I had to go through a lot of hypos, which is known as hypoglycemia, low blood sugars um, wow. in the making. I've also had to go through some uh, um, more high blood sugar moments. And it's just learning about things all the time. And even to this day, with having the condition nearly 20 years, there are times where I still don't get it right. But it's... Um, it's just always making sure that when you're out, you're reducing some of your, your insulin that you're having. Yeah. Um, I'm on an insulin pump, which is fantastic now. It's really changed my life. I've not always been on that, but um, it means I don't have as, I'm, I have a lot more faster acting insulin than having a stable amount of insulin all day. And I can change my insulin amounts just with the click of my fingers from changing it on my pump that I have connected to my body. Right. And um, I also have now a Freestyle Libre, which is a little um, circle device that goes onto my arms. I use my phone that I can check my blood sugars and it makes things a lot more easier. And I know when they're going mm. high and they're going low. And with that, um, I always make sure that I've reduced my insulin before I go out. I have enough sugar, enough food. I over prepare myself. Yeah. And that's how you, you survive and manage through. It's all about trying to maintain a healthy balance in life, really, like yeah. everyone should do. I mean, realist yeah. realistically, anyone that doesn't have type 1 diabetes should always be thinking about nutrition with endurance events and yeah. how to really prepare themselves to make sure they've got enough energy. The thing that I have to, I get extra caught out by it because if I don't do it at all, like some individuals might sometimes try to, um, yeah. I get caught out in a lot more of a deeper way, let's say. So <laughs> I guess in some ways you can take a really positive message out of that yourself, right? You can take some positive motivation out of that. You have to be super prepared for your events. You have yeah. to be super prepared for trading. You can't just wake in up in the morning and run out the door for no. a, a 10K, 15K run. You, yeah. have to, you have to eat at the right stages. You have to sleep right. You have to be the right stress levels. And then you have to manage all of that data and I think it's amazing. I want to talk a little bit more about the evolution of it all. But 
you have to get all of that right to be able to go out for a run. And that's only got to, that's only got to help actually, right? When I, I know from my own training and from the event that I've got coming in a couple of weeks that I have to be super prepared. And I, like you say, you have to have, take, take more, maybe a little bit more than you might think you need and as far as food um, supplies, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's, you know, in for me, listening to you, I actually kind of go, wow, that's actually a really good thing that lots of people get, like you, like you said, caught out with. Yeah. Um, it's not great that you have to. I think that's harsh. Um, but actually, you know what? It's a great lesson to learn and it's got to make you a better coach, right? 100% and um, I take a lot of my learnings into my coaching when I'm coaching a client and mm. I can honestly say I know how certain foods react with the body I know how certain you know um, some people might just take I mean this is I'm not saying anyone does but as an example some people might say oh I'm just going to have a handful of nuts as energy thinking that that's protein and energy actually Nuts have no carbohydrates, no energy fiber in them. And having them on their own is not a full protein in the first place. And there's all this yeah. kind of, um, and I know that from, obviously it does nothing to my blood sugars because I see, I, I eat a nut or I have what? peanut butter or something like that and nothing. So, and it's, it's all that go. kind of education. And also I know what foods are fast acting that make my blood sugars go higher and then ones that help them level out a lot more. Mm. And I think from that, it's really helped me support my clients in, understanding how they can balance their nutrition and their training and what to try what not to try and everything else so yeah um in a way I'm very grateful for that with having my body be a little um yeah. little robot you could say in the examining process to help um help guide in that way <laughs> sure I mean yeah I think I, like I said I think that's uh, it gives you a real edge with your coaching side um and, and it's in like you say we've talked a lot about nutrition but training load as well so yeah. you know do, do you do you have to how do you look after your training load does it um are you more aware of your periodization of your training or are you more do you have to be more aware on that like is it much more a day day by day feeling with some structure in place what's what's your go what's your thought process around load so load for me, um, even with, um, and again, the same for a lot of, um, a lot of individuals, um, it can catch up with me if I overdo it. So if I've had big, big races, so say if I've done a marathon or again, like 100 mile bike races or something along those lines where it's been a long time out there, it can mm. sometimes catch up with me two or so days later where my blood sugars and I won't be doing anything will just go low as hell like they'll yeah. just literally low down like I'm having the same insulin everything else it's because your body is still feeling that depletion from the effort that you've done and it's also why when you've done a long endurance event you can very much um that's why you need the rest after doing such a big re a race because you need to recover you've done a lot of pressure and everything else mm. um I also find that I again um I need days off um it's that I go through every feeling that everyone else feels but when I feel exhausted and my blood sugars are low it makes that exhaustion 10 times more harder and mm. the great thing is with um diabetes is you can have sugar and you can peak up but then you have to it's always it's always like a little yo-yo like a balancing act 
So um, some days are good, some days are not. With any condition, you always have ups and lows with training and how your body reacts to it. Um, you never get it 100% right. And I'll never be the one to no. say that I have got it 100% right. And still to this day, I'm learning myself. But one thing I have learned is that you need to always listen to your body. Always yeah. listen to it. If you're tired, just having a bit more sugar or energy like that doesn't always do the job that like you need yeah. to actually listen and go with. So that's how I kind of manage my training now. I used to be awful. I never wanted a day off. I used to be very much go, go, go. I have to run this today. I have to do that today. Even if my blood sugars were really suffering and um, in the long term, it's just not worth it. At the end of the day, you're just, you're not very interactive with others. You're not very, um, you want to be yourself and yeah. Um, so yes, that's how I kind of manage my load. I, I listen a lot to my body these days. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a great takeaway for um, diabetic and non-diabetic listeners, um, you know, or those with clients that are that, you know, are and and are not. I just think it's a great message that, especially that around taking that extra recovery after a big endurance event or a big effort. You know, um, I know it from from my coaching and working with my clients as well that um they've just run they've just gone out and done their first ever 25k trail in preparation for something bigger but then they're like okay but i need to get back on the training on monday night monday night they're in a session you know beasting a hit session and you're like guys you this is your opportunity to take some rest and we you know they and then it's only a few like you say it's only a few days later that actually the body then catches up and goes what are you doing you know the reserves are empty here mate you need to now take some fuel back on give you give me some rest time give me an opportunity to now utilize all that hard work that you did and put you back together a little bit stronger we know it on a we know it from training strength and training hypertrophy but I think the, especially the endurance community, and if you have clients that do endurance training or endurance events, I think they need to be told a lot stronger and a lot firmer. And I think it's great that you are more sensitive and tuned into that because of um, the diabetes. I think that's really cool. I think it's a message that we can all take away. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know let's a little bit about the evolution quickly as well uh, so what is the what has the evolution been like over the past seven or so years of you training and competing and whatnot what like Maybe. let's talk about that those those gadgets and gizmos and things that have made it easier for you <laughs> the gizmos of diabetes you know what it's great now um but yes yeah, so i used to when i first started let's let's go back to when i first started more endurance events so my marathon mm -hmm. training i was on just injections. So I literally had um, a long acting insulin, which I'd inject twice a day. And then I'd have my fast acting insulin, which I'd have whenever I have my food and everything else. Now that for me didn't work very well with my body because my long acting, I'm very insulin sensitive as a human being because um, I'm not the biggest individual in the world and yeah. um, I don't need a lot of insulin all the time. So um, when I was having my long acting insulin with me doing a long run, and even if I was reducing some of it, it would catch me up a lot more. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot more tougher, but 
And I also back then was having to carry my blood glucose meters and I had to prick my finger all the time to get oh, my wow. glucose meter out, prick my finger, all that kind of stuff to check my blood sugars. And what the harm in that um, was the fact that I wasn't doing it as much because it was a hassle. Like, no, I just want to do it. I want to be like everyone else. I want to go out there and just run like everyone. And it was yeah. guessing when I needed sugar. Um, it was getting... And the bad thing is, is I wasn't eating before I needed it. I was eating when I felt my blood sugars were low and I was waiting. Yeah. Again, not so non-diabetic individuals will wait until they're like, oh, I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And it's like, and you always have to be that extra cautious. Do it before you need it. And it's the same with, with everything. But so it went from that. And then, so I did two marathons with me being on those injections and then, um, I also did some, I did one 100 mile bike race with just being on those injections. Um, my second marathon I did, I was on for a sub 330 and um, I didn't end up getting it just because my blood sugars on the day failed on me. And it was heartbreaking. I put in so much training, so much, so much at work. And at mile 22, I completely, um, I'd had oh, all the glucose, everything else. I'd overprepared. I'd had it all. Nothing was stopping it. I did get, I mean, I still got a very decent time on that race, but it's a shame. And it's one of those things that can be, oh, if only I didn't have this condition, but it's the same if you didn't have type, again, diabetes, yeah. you, everyone can go through that if you don't sometimes get your fueling right and get everything yeah. prepared. So, um, so that was something, but then when I went to do Athens marathon in, oh, was it 2018? Um, I was then on my insulin pump. So I, I'd obviously had a lot of troubles with my diabetes. I'd had such bad hypos, low blood sugars, where I didn't wake up in the morning and it got very severe. Um, mm. So my hospital put me on an insulin pump, which is, yes, a device that's attached to my stomach. Um, and it means, but it means that I just have fast acting insulin and I can reduce the levels a lot more easier. And that was the that marathon I succeeded really well and then when I did Chicago marathon the year after I did it really well and it was um, with managing my diabetes anyway and yeah. it made such a big difference and then when I did my 100 mile bike race the last one I did which was in 2019 I had both my insulin pump and my freestyle Libre device which is the little okay yeah tracking device on my arm which links to your phone and it controls your blood sugars for 24 hours a day um it's just been upgraded now to give signals to your phone when your blood sugar is going low and high. So you get a little warning notification, which yep. is incredible again. But I had all of that when I did that race and I was eating well at the right times, doing everything. And that's probably the best race I've done and the best I've performed. Mm -hmm. I, um, I would have got close to five hours on that 100 mile bike race. And the only reason why I came over that finishing line in five hours, 28, which is still an amazing time. Yeah. It's just because I get holed up in traffic for 25 minutes, but, okay. <laughs> but okay. like, still, but like that was, you can do it. You can achieve things. And yeah. it's just great to know that um, they keep on finding these things. And yes, you have to have things stuck to you, things on your arm and everything else. But the great thing about the freestyle Libre is now the elites are using them. Super yep. safe things um, yep. as we call them. And so now I feel like one of the cool kids. I'm like, Oh, well, yep. all the elites are using them. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big market now, isn't it? It's a trending yeah. market is, is being able to, yeah, non-diabetics are, uh, you could see it. You'll, you'll watch a lot of um, people, our listeners will watch a lot of sport where 
people have got those little discs on their arms and that mm. is reading their blood sugars in real time and and giving that data to a computer and giving that data in real time to like you say to a device that can tell you if someone's high or low or i mean it's fantastic it's absolutely amazing and again like you say it you know if it wasn't for the you know the uh, evolution of diabetes management we might not even be using that for you know, trying to absolutely maximize our elite performers. Yeah. So, you know, credit's got to be given where credit's due there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even Elliot Kipchoge uses it, so you can't say much well, there. <laughs> there you go then, right? That's that's it. Okay. So, you know, let's talk about a little bit about working with others then. Let's talk about working with others with diabetes. Um, so do you have any what experience do you have working with others i mean i know one experience which i've watched which um which you worked with or you certainly gave some great motivation was would you like to kind of talk us through that talk, <laughs> enlighten the listeners yeah so obviously abby i oh i've um so yeah very much yeah, sure yeah um but um i um i've obviously helped with like individuals that are learning forward to like endurance events but i've also um like with my own personal coaching but also things such as um bbc documentaries on um how not to run 55 miles so there was a radio one D um, dj called reese parkinson who got diagnosed yep. with diabetes last year and he's in his 20s and he was training for a big 55 mile um, ultra marathon. And during his training, he got diagnosed with um, type 1 diabetes. Wow. And the doctors basically told him that he couldn't do the event that was meant to be on a certain date, which was not long after he got diagnosed, that he had to learn more about his body and everything else. And um, he was learning a lot more different, he was learning a lot more different things about his life. So yeah. I got approached by the BBC to say, would you mind, along with some other um, type 1 diabetics that are yeah. um, also athletes, um, would you mind just giving me some advice? We'd love to share this, put it in part of the documentary. And yeah, so um, he was on, I think it was like the Seven Sisters Cliff or anything like that. I won't give too much of, a, of the game away for the documentary if those want to sure. go and watch it. But um, he was just listening to us all and like hearing about everything that we've done. And he was like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can go and run this uh, ultramarathon now. Nothing's going to stop me. And that was incredible to be a part of, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really and hope, hopefully he does that race soon, right? Once we're all out of our um, restricted lives um hopefully he does go ahead and, and get that nailed because that would be an amazing achievement uh, yeah. for someone going through the literally so what was it was uh running he was running a 50 what's the the title again of the documentary how not to run 55 miles right so he was signed up to a 50 mile five mile event and then found out i mean that's pretty extraordinary um, and uh, i guess where would you begin with someone like that i mean we've already talked i guess we've already talked about a lot about it i mean what what advice would you give him at that point or what did what what were you able to say to him or what would else would you say to him so it's literally about finding his body so not starting off too big so just going out for 30 minutes and seeing how your body reacts to that um yep. you know um seeing how your blood sugars go then noticing what you're eating recording it um i know it sounds very like oh i've got to record everything i've got to jot everything down but the more you note down the more mm. you will get in your head and you'll learn about your body 
Um, it's also learning about how much insulin he will need and um, what food works for him while on his runs and just how his body adapts to it. Um, for example, if I went into the track session, my blood sugars would probably go a little bit more higher and not as low because I'm using more um, high intensity. When your body goes right. for any type of high intensity, your liver naturally produces more glucose to um, help mm. you perform. It's the same with type 1 diabetes. Your blood sugars, when you do strength training or any type of high intensity, will increase a bit more than when you're doing longer endurance where you're burning more fat and everything else for oxygen. So the longer I'm out out there, the more I need to build, even if it's just a long, long walk, something that you don't think that would be right. that energetic, it can make your blood sugars decrease a lot more. So with him, it was like more of learning about that side of his body too. Okay, so that's really interesting. And that's something our, our listeners need to understand, I guess, when if they're working with clients with diabetes, e even in a gym setting solely, if you're getting your client to work at an aerobic level, then they're insulin levels are going to drop faster mm -hmm. than potentially if they're doing something like an intent like an interval or strength training program that yeah. day that's that's really good to know that's really good to know isn't it so um because there's a huge difference and we we are we should probably under need to know that anyway right for yes, any client yeah for any, for, client. For any client um that's um that's what happens and um that's why um, as an example, when you talk about nutrition and um, you're talking about more fat stacking fuel for more strength and kind of high yeah. intensity and because you don't need that energy for a little bit of time. And then um, when you're doing an endurance event, it's more kind of um, longer acting fuel and also very little and often having to refuel that body to keep your blood sugars interacting and everything. So, yeah, um, that's really cool. That's really cool. So. We've talked a lot about type one uh, diabetes today, um, and and I want to keep that the focus of today's session because we're with you and it's your experience. Um, but there is obviously there is a fundamental difference, right, between training someone with type one and type two. Now, as a coach, what would you say you need to look out for? Uh, you know, we've talked about the type one. What's the difference when it relates to type two? Is there a difference, particularly if we're talking about that gym setting and for our personal trainers and our instructors that deliver classes? Um, what do they need to be looking out for with that? The difference between one and two. So the difference with type two diabetes is it can actually be reversible. So you can actually um, not always the case, depending how the individual deals with the type 2 diabetes but if you gain type 2 diabetes it could be for a number of reasons it could be for age it could be um being overweight um mm. someone who is a natural weight can develop type 2 diabetes for some other reasons or another i'm not saying that you have to be overweight to have it all the time sure. um but um it's the majority of cases i will say is is due to being more overweight or when you're an older um, or if you'll get older and your body just doesn't start to release as much insulin as what it used to. So, but you do always have a little bit of insulin still working in your body. And the difference is that your um with your with more fat in your body as an example, your insulin cannot creep through to your blood as easily. So that's why the blood right. sugars will um go higher. So right. 
if you're having a client that's got type 2 diabetes that might be looking to reduce their weight to get fitter, they may be on diet control, um, just controlling their diet, not eating as much um, high sugary foods or high fat and everything else. They could be on tablets. They may be on a tiny bit of insulin, but still having insulin in their body at the same time, just out. It depends on how severe their type 2 diabetes is. Mm. Um, but with some control and management it has been very much seen in a lot of cases that if somebody reduces their weight their body can naturally release more insulin from their pancreas and they can start to not see the signs of having type 2 diabetes again so i would say as a trainer or a coach it's really it's really important to understand how severe their type 2 diabetes is what medication they're currently on um, if it's diet control um, then that's even more fantastic that means that we just need to work on that weight balance and everything else to get them to a a really healthy weight for them so they can see the results within their blood sugars and going back to a more um healthy figure and yeah. if they're on tablets and insulin and bring out some also understanding all those lines but i would say just really having that deep down conversation about all of that conversation and just having having that little bit of a chat on um, nutrition where you're qualified to, but knowing that yeah. um, for them, for, for them being um, fit and healthy and the exercise um, that is really important for anyone. And, yeah. um, and they're still able to do everything with type two diabetes, unless you are on insulin, they're not really going to go into a hypo low blood sugar state. So if they're just diet controlled, they probably won't go into um, a low blood sugar state so that's something that is again to be thought about but if they're on yeah um if they're on any kind of tablets or insulin that they might be taking as well then that's just something to be conscious of but that's the difference also so is there more of a a, a difference in the reaction let's say to strength training versus aerobic training is there mm -hmm. is there less of a reaction with type 2 diabetic or is the reaction different or is it very it much the same it will be the same. It'll be the right. same as what happens, but um, they're not so insulin sensitive unless they're actually injecting insulin into their body. Right. So having a client get really um, faint headed or tired or fatigued right. or dizzy or any other signs that a low blood sugar um, hypo can cause um, might not happen so much in a type two diabetic who is just diet controlled as an example. Um, yeah. But, um, but manage their intensity. Yeah, absolutely manage their intensity. And um, and yeah, really. But it's just really having that. I, I think it's very important if anyone ever comes to you and says, I've got type 2 diabetes, really understanding all those different aspects because it is quite a detailed subject. The two yeah. conditions with type 1, which has no insulin in your body whatsoever, you don't have to be overweight or anything like that to be diagnosed yeah. with type 1. It's a genetic condition. Um, where your pancreas just doesn't perform insulin anymore. Um, with type 2 diabetes, as I said, with the right management and everything else, there are signs that it can be reversible and you can go back to not having diabetes again. Unfortunately, yeah. type 1 does not have that. <laughs> that yeah, that's not, not as good. But okay. Okay, so, you know, if, if you have a client that is diagnosed with diabetes or sus maybe suspects having it, and or you suspect a client like your PE teacher suspected you might have something going on where you needed to get checked up. Like what, where's the first place to go? Where should people go for a, 
information or you know maybe it's pre-gp and they they want to just have a little kind of scope it out a little bit first what's what's the best place to go to the diabetes uk website for the charity has a lot of great information on there for both type 1 and type 2 diabetes so yeah. that has all the recognizable symptoms and everything else on there so that's a really good place to go and check over and see if anything is relatable um absolutely and if and if they feel and um, the individual feels that they are ticking all the boxes to signs that they will be seeing then definitely contacting your GP straight away so they can um, test your blood sugars and go in the right direction from there. Fantastic. So Heidi you've been a huge help to us today you know you've, you've helped us uncover like what to look out for you know what we should be aware of as a coach and at what times and during training and you know endurance versus other forms of training and also you've been a great inspiration i think we can all take away from this podcast and listening to you today that it's not the end of the end for anybody with type 1 uh, diabetes that they can still get out there and perform but they need to learn more about themselves which we would always encourage as good coaches in any case right so you know I think I think today has been a really inspiring talk for our listeners I've really enjoyed it and I've actually taken a few things away from it myself as well which is just great to have in in the bank and, and understand so if, if people want to learn a little bit more about you where can where can we find you Okay, so my uh, my Instagram is HeidiQT1, um, with the T1 relating to my type 1 diabetes. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I'm also, um, so I coach with One Track um, Run Club. So uh, One Track, as I say, we do virtual runs, uh, runs across wherever you are in the world. Um, you can join in on one of our runs. We do strength, mobility. It's a great thing to be a part of. Um, so I also coach with them. Um, I do my own personal one-to-one coaching as well. And again, the cyclists that are out there, um, cycle culture in Tooting back in London, come and find me. I'm there most days in the week. And yeah, that's uh, a lot about myself. Also on the Diabetes UK website, there's a bit more about my story um, also on there so i am actually a type one well a diabetes uk ambassador so i've um, helped support them for a lot of events that they have done and um, so there's a bit more information on that website about my personal story in a bit more detail fantastic i'm sure our listeners will be straight all over that um and um, we would like to again at fit prime for myself aaron I'd, I'd like to thank you uh for today's uh insights i think it's been, been really valuable for for myself and for a for our uh, our community so guys uh from me coach Azza, it's another fit pro podcast done and dusted um we would like to thank you heidi thank you so much yeah it's been great to talk to everyone <laughs> make sure you check out the links available um on the podcast blog and we look forward to sharing another fit pro blog and another fit pro podcast with you very soon For more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy today's podcast and see you next time.